Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transportation Exchange Podcast presented by Rush Truck Centers of Canada. I'm your host, Jason Cuddy. On today's episode, we're excited to welcome Mickey Kucher from Second Harvest. Mickey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. So we want to take time to, to spotlight you and, and the company and, and thank you for being a customer of ours. And we also got some great news to share on the back end about one of your drivers. But uh, to get going, why don't you give us a little bit of history of, of, of what Second Harvest is and the community. Uh, Second Harvest is, is Canada's largest food rescue organization. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what we do is we, we deal a lot in perishables as opposed to normal food banks, which is uh, shelf-stable food. We do have shelf-stable, but our idea is it's great to have cookies and crackers, but the nutritional value is not there as opposed to what we do. So we're gunning more for produce. We're gunning more for dairy products and proteins as opposed to the shelf-stable stuff. Um, so the, the organization started in 1985. It was run by two ladies, Ida Andre and, and Joan Clayton, out of the back of a truck. They realized the need for hunger, and they saw the, need, the hunger downtown in the city. So they just went to a restaurant one day and asked if they had any leftovers. They, they picked it up, took it over to a shelter, and it just took off from there. So from two ladies in 1985, we're now up to 112 personnel. Wow. Um, we're, we're all across Canada now. Our, our core is still the GTA. That's where our hub is for trucking and warehousing, but we run all across the country. We have uh, representatives in every country, every sorry, every province and, and territory right now. Excellent. And that's a huge size when you think of, you know, uh, you said you're, you're a nonprofit, so to, to grow that much with that, that amount of time is, is impressive. Um, you know, maybe walk us through kind of day to day and what do you guys do, where you get the food from, kind of how the organization works. Uh, various donors all across, great, great donors. Um, Paramount, Paramount um, um, Costco's involved, Walmart's are involved. So we have two days with set runs. Mostly it's ad hocs. If someone has extra, they'll give us a call. Gailey Foods is another one. They'll give us a call. We'll go pick it up. All this stuff is in great shape. The protein usually is frozen. Um, being the meats and chickens usually frozen, but the produce has got five, six days on it. We get milk with 12 days on it at times, 10 to 12 days. So it's not, it's every once in a while, it's a day out, but every, as everybody knows, we t- tell our agencies that we deliver to, we deliver to over 280 agencies in the GTA. We tell them, you know, it doesn't go bad. If it's marked 16th, May 16th, it doesn't go bad at midnight. And right. th- they understand that, that there's always a few days leeway to play with on it. Fair enough. So then, you know, size-wise, as far as what you guys collect, you know, what I don't. I think this will astonish people as far as the amount of food you guys collect on a daily, annual basis. Well, our last fiscal, we collected over 41 million pounds of food that was destined for landfill. Um, out of that, 83% of that was perishable. So 83% of that was either produce, dairy, or protein. Sometimes it, companies just get overstocked. The issue we're having right now is they don't know how to handle it when they have more than they need. This is where we come into it. So in the GTA last year, we picked up basically 13 million pounds around the GTA, and we distributed 9.9 million in the GTA. Some of that other stuff goes on a pickup program, and we also broker. We have two great partners up in Sudbury and Manitoulin Island. Sudbury, it's helping hands, and in Manitoulin Island's homelands, they come down every once in a while, once a week, twice a week with a tractor trailer, and we fill them up so they can feed their people up there. We don't, we don't really care where it goes as long as it goes to use, as long as it doesn't go to landfill. So we're not, we're not in competition with anybody like Daily Bread's a partner of ours. Another big food bank, Food for Life in Burlington. If we have extra, we'll call them up. Mississauga Food Bank, we'll call them up and say, come get it. If they have extra, they say the same thing. As long as it doesn't go to landfill, as long as someone's using it for nutritional value. So I guess that's the main difference between yourself and other organizations that you guys aren't necessarily a food bank, but you provide a different service in the same community. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we do have dry product available. We do have cookies and crackers available on the tail end, but, but we're going for perishable products. So 
the stuff we get today, the produce we pick up today will basically go out while it's still fresh tomorrow. The dairy will basically go out. But of course, we do according to best before dates. If I've got dairy dated the 19th and I've got dairy dated the 22nd, the 19th goes out first. It's obvious. It's common sense, right? Um, so we try to flip this as quickly as possible to keep it as fresh and nutritious as possible. Again, the protein's frozen. They're good for up to a year if they're frozen on before the best before date. So we can slow release that as we have it because that's the most valuable thing to us is protein. Right. Makes sense. And then, so forgetting the, uh, I guess, picking up all the, all the products, you know, you run a sizable fleet here in the GTA, which I think, again, is, is impressive to know about. Yeah, we, we have 13 straight trucks that we're running right now and uh, a tractor trailer. So basically 10, 11 on the road every day. We always keep one back. And it, it, when you got that amount of trucks, as you guys know, you got to keep the service going, right? Correct. Trying to depend on maintenance and all that. And also, I'd like to have a one truck not in use in case something happens to one of the other trucks. So, yeah, we're flying around all day with this. We got to seven, seven delivery routes every day. It's the same delivery, same agencies we deliver to every, every Monday, every Tuesday. We have said routes. Um, and then now we have four, three or four trucks on the road picking up. And again, most of that's ad hoc. We do have a couple standards, but most of it's ad hoc. We rely on a phone call on a Monday to say, come get it tomorrow. Gotcha. And then the like, procurement of the vehicles, again, is it a little bit different, I guess, from how a normal company would you know, purchase trucks? Yeah. So all the money for our trucks has been donated to us. So the Daniels Corporation is one of our big sponsors. When we moved into our new building, they gave us money for... Uh, to 100, sorry, 1.2 million, so we get four, four or five new trucks out of this. We're rotating our fleet around. Our fleet's really up to date right now. The oldest truck we have right now is probably eight years old. The balance of them are from 2018 up, so really good fleet. But it's not just them. It's a lot of other people. Nikita Corporation, the Sprott Foundation, we rely on these people. So they, sometimes they just give us one-offs and say, buy a new truck for us. So gotcha. it's, it's wonderful. So what we did at the new building and the walkway going in, Rather than just stones, we put donor stones in there. So the Nikita Foundation has a stone there with their name on it. The Sprout Foundation has one. Walmart has a name on the stone. So it's about a quarter filled. So as more and more donors come in, we're going to fill up the whole walk with their names. Nice. That's a good way to recognize yeah, I, them. I, I've never seen that before, and I thought it was a no. fantastic idea. No, it's nice. And then people coming in, you know, recognize who are the people that help this community keep going. Right on. Excellent. And then, so an interesting part, you know, reading through what you guys do, you've got different programs that you're supported. Um, maybe kind of walk through the different programs that you guys provide. Okay, so uh, we have some training programs. Some of them have been put on hold recently because of the COVID, but one of our big ones was har- the Harvest Kitchen. So we would have kitchens set up around Toronto, um, and there'd be a chef training five or six people to be chefs. So what we do is we, do, we drop stuff off there. Now, the thing about our, our business is what comes in today goes out tomorrow. So I don't know what's... Uh, uh, the kitchens around Toronto, the agencies won't know what's on the truck until it gets there. They right. can't. We don't allow pre-ordering because we don't know what we're going to get. So these Harvest Kitchens are amazing. So the chef would be there. We might give them chicken lettuce, whatever, corn or whatever like that, and they'll make a meal out of it. And they make these trays, 25-pound trays that we deliver to other agencies that don't have the facility to make it, and they can cook up meals for 25 people at one time. Nice. That's a great way to kind I, of spread it around. It is. It's also, we, we sponsor them so they can teach youth about how to be chefs in their career. So, yeah, so it's a, I think it's a great program. Also, we have a training and education room now in our place, and uh, uh, so when volunteers, we have food service volunteers, when they come in, we give them the whole the whole spiel about what Second Harvest does from, from the start to what we're doing now. We encourage them to all, of course, of course, to donate. And we have a huge research department that's doing nonstop research on the waste of, of food going to landfill in Canada. So we've got a big crew doing all this. So we're publishing reports all the time based on this. Oh, that's good. And it's, it's interesting, though, because I think you know, people know you as a Second Harvest, you know, collecting the food and distributing it. But knowing there's some research development going behind it which obviously hopefully helps create some awareness to the amount of waste that's exactly. going on. That's, right? that's our goal. That's our goal, to eliminate the landfill. Um, the other piece I thought was interesting, you know, when we've talked before was, you know, everything is obviously donation-based. We talked about the trucks, but obviously all the food. You're not paying for any of the food. 
that, that you're receiving, right? And, and you're not, no one's paying you to give it to them either. Like this is all, you know, through, through donations, obviously to support it. And there's no money exchange. Yeah. As far as, as that goes. As our main core, that's right. We will not charge a penny for food. We did, however, pick up some government funding over the last little while when COVID came in. In 2020, around October, when all the restaurants were shut down, it was called the uh, Surplus Food Rescue Program. So they gave us $10 million to buy excess food that the distributors couldn't get rid of. So again, gotcha. we, went, we went everywhere with this. So we didn't just keep in the GTA. We were driving up to Peterborough with this food, with truckloads of food. We were driving up to Barrie with truckloads of food, to Niagara Falls, to any organization that said, I need the food to feed my people. So other than that, though, and now, now we're involved in the emergency food security fund, which is buying all the potatoes from PEI. When, oh, wow. P, when <laughs> PEI got shut down, not allowed to deliver to the states. Uh, they were, most of these guys were just going to grind it up and use it back as fertilizer. So again, we got a government grant of 10, I think it's 6 million. Don't, don't quote me on that. So what we're doing every day at our place, we're getting two or three tractor trailers in from PEI and then shipping it back out to all across Canada. Wild. Uh, but it's good. I mean, you're helping obviously the farmers yeah, uh, there. It's not going to waste and people who need food are getting food. It's a win-win and potatoes are so great because eh? they, la- they last so long and they- there's so many things you can do with a potato as opposed to a cucumber. True. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially getting kids to eat it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing that's interesting, you guys ha- have an app specific to, I guess, the food rescue part of it. Maybe walk us through that. Yeah. So the app is called foodrescue.ca. So um, if you're a bakery and you have 10 loaves of bread at the end of the day, you get the app put on your phone. You punch in, I have 10 loaves of bread. That means you're posting it, and, and, and someone local will come pick it up. So it's a way that they don't even have to junk 10 loaves of bread. That stays in landfill. But it's someone local will come pick it up. So you can start building relationships. This baker can start building relationships with the church down the street that's trying to make sandwiches for, for their hungry. So it builds relationships inside the community, inside the shortened community. So down the street, there's an agency. Another agency comes in the next day. So if you've got a pizza at the end of the day, a pizzeria, put it on foodrescue.ca. Someone will claim it. Uh, if you got 10 skids of frozen pizza, call us and we'll come get it with a truck. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's good to have because, I, I mean, that's the joy of technology. I, mean, I worked in a bakery, you know, 20 some odd years ago. And that was always the complaint by a lot of customers. You'd see these two shopping carts full of expired food that's not really expired, but you know, maybe can't sell it on you know, retail anymore. And a lot of people are asking, where is it going? Where is it going? And we did have people come collect it. But, you know, something like this is a little bit more transparent and a little bit easier to navigate. And the technology is kind of putting the two needs together to try and eliminate that waste. Exactly. Once you get the app put in, you run it once or twice, it just becomes, so you're so familiar with it, it's so easy to work. So we're finished off Truck World from our side of, of the industry a little bit. And obviously you guys have a large fleet, have a large presence, you know, in, in the industry itself, especially in the GTA. But I think one of the coolest things that come out of Truck World at the very end, it was one of your drivers was recognized as the 2022 Highway Star of the Year, which is a great recognition in general, uh, but I think his story maybe speaks really well and kind of speaks at the heart of what, what you guys are all about. Maybe share a little bit about uh, your driver and his story in this award. Sammy Abdurrahim won Driver of the Year Road for 2022. We're so proud of him. He's a fantastic driver. He's been our lead driver for over 10 years now. When he, when he won the award and found out he won the award, the first thing he did, he wanted to split with the rest of the drivers, which we said you can't really do right? Um, because it's a driver of the year or not drivers or organization. So uh, he cut up some of the money, gave it out to the drivers. We just love the guy. He's a true professional. Um, his background is he came to this country 20 years ago. Uh, when he first started, his first job was as, as a line cook. And from there, he realized the waste that was going out just when he was working as a cook. So from there, when he started learning about second harvest, he made the jump over to us 16 years ago. Uh, so as a driver, now he's our full-time driver. He's a full-time driver. But I, I won't go any further because the article will be in Pit Truckers Today and uh, the month of June. He's going to be the feature in June. Fair enough. Well, I'll make sure everyone reads that so they can kind of get the full detail right. in his words. But I think it's it's neat because it speaks to, you know, obviously the passion he has, right? And I think exactly. that, that's what kind of shows, obviously, you're talking to yourself and, and, and the company itself. But, you know, the passion required to do this and the fact that it 
it's down to the driver level, which I mean, they're to your ambassador on the street. That, that's right? what we call them. We call them driver ambassadors now. That's what we do because they're, they're the front lines. They get to know their agencies. Uh, we try to get the same drivers going to the same agency. So they know if it's an after school program, maybe I can get a few more cookies for them. They know if it's a senior citizen home that they're going to they go for more yogurt, yogurt or, or dairy or anything like that. So they get to know their, their clientele quite well. Sammy's just, the, the issue he has about it is he can't do enough. Yeah. You know, and, and this is what, what I love about my guys. The driver ambassadors, they're the front line. Uh, they, they bought into this program. You know, they're committed to this program. They're not looking for, they're looking for a, a nice wage, a nice thing, but this is what they come to work every day. And I think like I told you guys before, when a guy wakes up and he's 50-50, <laughs> you know, maybe a headache, some guys don't come in. These guys all come in. They yeah. all make the trip in because they know what the ramifications are if, if we have to cancel a route or something and somebody doesn't get fed. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's, that's, that's important for you guys, but obviously it's important to community, right? And the that, fact that you found drivers who passionately care about what they do and recognize the impact that they have. And I think, you know, maybe that sometimes gets lost in the commercialized side of everything we do with other fleets. You know, I mean, every role is very important, but these guys are seeing, you know, directly the impact they make, whether it's picking up the food or delivering it off to a certain location. Yeah. Th- this is, this is a tough gig for these guys because it's hand bombing. So we yeah. just, we lo- load the truck with like 10 different skids, bananas, whatever, tomatoes, whatever we have, bread, and they have to hand bomb the stuff out according to agencies. So um, it's not a, it's not a doctor doc situation. <laughs> all you can just pull in. They're physically active all the time. So they're all in great shape. I did it one day. I tried to help out. And I <laughs> just blew, it blew me away. I just said, I can't do it. And I'm 10 years younger than some of these other guys up there. Yeah. And I, I mean, passion is what makes it work. That's passion is what makes it work in this business. Definitely. So for people who want to get involved and want to help support Second Harvest, kind of walk us through how the different ways people can be involved with you. Well, you can, you can organize food drives if you, if you want to. We'll come pick the food up. But uh, donations are what we're looking for here so we can move the money around the way we see best. Um, so if you just go on the website, Second Harvest Food Rescue, there's, there's a place to donate on there. You can check out the Food Rescue app at food, uh, foodrescue.ca if you want to donate food, if you have a business and want to donate food. But most importantly, I think just concentrate on, on landfill. Concentrate on the waste that you have. There's just so much waste going on in the business, but a lot going out of households too. So just concentrate on trying to lower everybody's carbon footprint in this. No, well said. I mean, I, I know it from us, you know, every garbage night you're kind of going through the fridge. Okay, what's what's on its way out or is already out, you know, and it's unfortunate that's kind of, you know, decided we've become. So it's nice that you guys bring awareness to it. You also obviously do the research you guys do, but able to kind of help eliminate stuff from going to the landfill by providing services you guys provide. Correct. Yep. Excellent. Well, hey, I want to thank you for coming today, sharing the Second Harvest story and obviously sharing Sammy's story and people can read more about it, you know, on all different media channels and get to get his words. I just thought it was, it was really nice when we get a chance to highlight a customer, but also a customer who's doing something so impactful to the community. So again, we appreciate A, what you guys do to the community, but also for, for joining us here today. Jason, thanks so much. Excellent. Well, that concludes today's episode. I want to thank Mickey from Second Harvest for joining us. To catch up on past episodes, check out transportationexchangepodcast.ca. Until next time, thanks for listening.